everyone, this is Matt with another Overflow Pod. We are in our Unshakable series looking at the tests that Daniel and others had to take. We're on the eighth test. Remember when we first started this series, Daniel was a teenager. And so we've looked at tests one through seven. They were from his teens to his 20s and 30s, all the way up to his now age of 82. He is on the third king of Babylon. Daniel was so amazing. No matter the king, they all wanted him as a subordinate. The current king is Darius the Mede, who killed the Babylonian king Belshazzar after the writing on the wall, which we just covered in the last pod. It's amazing how much Daniel keeps getting promoted. No matter how many different bosses he have, or even kingdoms, it doesn't matter. Daniel still remains, and he's still in charge. And there are three reasons he kept getting promoted, from being a young teenager to where he is now. And we can apply those principles to our lives so that we can also be successful. So here's the first reason why he keeps getting promoted. Number one, his professional competence stood out. He wasn't just a leader, but a student. He always learned. See, some careers peak pretty early, others late. Now, I love football. And football is pretty intriguing sport. It's also one it's also the quickest sport. What I mean by that is that the average career in the NFL is only around three years. So you graduate at 22. You get drafted in the NFL. Odds are by 25, you're out of the league. <laughs> now, there are some you know, outliers out there that last 10, 15 years, and then there's some that last five years, but the average is only three. That's how hard it is. And that career that they've strived for their entire lives, talk about peaks, and then it goes away. While if you're a doctor or being a surgeon, even at 30 years old, you're still at not, not at your peak. You got to practice for many more years. Even in other various occupations, we can always grow in wisdom. Now, looking back, most 21, 22-year-olds make some really dumb decisions. But what I found amazing is the wisdom that certain players in the NFL have. And I'm shocked whenever I read a story. Because when I was 21 or 22, there's no way I was making the right decisions. 21, 22-year-old athletes can sometimes be way ahead of their time. For example, there's this one guy. About three years ago, his name is Kirk Cousins. He, uh, he got a major $90 million contract, probably way overpaid. But he got the contract guaranteed and for his team, Minnesota. He's the quarterback there. He's been there for three years. And no matter how many times people try to get rid of him, he's still there. He had a $90 million contract. Guess what car he drives? A minivan. He drives a minivan. That's right. There's another one of my favorite uh, football players of all time is a total meathead. He is not smart. His name's Gronk or Rob Gronkowski. He was a tight end. He played with in New England, and then he went to the Buccaneers, and he made over $60 million in his career. He never spent a dime of it while he was playing. All he did was live off his endorsements. Now, Gronk wasn't really that smart, but he had a mom, <laughs> and his mom literally beat him up, and she threatened him, you better not spend any of your money. And so all his money was managed by his mom, invested by his mom, and he got an interview one time. He goes, you're a grown man. Why is your mom managing your money? He goes, because she's smarter than I am. And he said, that's all there is to it. She's wise and I'm not. And I'm thinking, no, that is wisdom. 
knowing where you're weak and delegating that area to somebody else. Many of us don't listen to the wisdom of our parents and regret it years later. Athletes like that stand out and they will be successful way after football because careers are short. Sadly, many won't as their athleticism fades and they have, and their health deteriorates and many will just fall apart. But some will be wise, like those two. Look at Daniel. He's 82. Talk about successful. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps. You don't know that term very often. You don't hear that anymore. To rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. He's 82. He's getting another promotion. It's a wise leader. He's got professional competence. I wonder if Darius went over his resume of the past 60 plus years he served the previous dynasty. I bet he did. And I bet he saw what he what everyone else saw. Number two, the second reason he keeps getting promoted in addition to his professional competence is that his personal character stood out. Daniel chapter six, verse four says, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs. Uh Uh-oh, they're gunning for him. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Wow. I would hire Daniel. Imagine you have the leaders of the government out to get you. And he's like, I don't care. Doesn't matter what was going on. Daniel stand firm. Notice we don't know why, but these underlings who were in the provinces, they didn't like Daniel being their boss, probably because he was Jewish. I mean, they had just taken over this kingdom and he was a slave of the previous kingdom. Maybe they didn't like him because he was part of the old regime and they thought they took over. It's now their turn to rule. He didn't qualify to serve the new king. So they tried all kinds of attacks to find a weakness, but they couldn't. (laughs) This is so common. It, it, It occurs to this day. You may be in a work situation right now where people took over or there's some people out there you're being conspired against. And maybe it's because of your faith, because you're a Christian, because you love Jesus. You know, they don't really like you. They don't have a reason to not like you. You do your job. You do it well. You're a good person. But because of your faith, they just want you out. Or maybe they just don't like you. Sometimes you get into an office where everybody's familiar with office politics. and People are scheming and conniving behind your back. And if you're not, and they want your office, they want to get you moved out. And that's what's happening here. The administrators in this new administration hear that Daniel, who's one of the top three guys, is now going to be given the whole kingdom. And they go, uh-uh. That ain't going to happen under our watch. So they start to look for a trap. The satraps set up a trap (laughs) for Daniel. It says they couldn't find anything to say against him. Man, think about that. If if the government officials are against you and they can't find anything, oh, that's awesome. I mean, I can tell you that's not true of me. There's a lot of things people could say about me. I'm not perfect. It's probably not true of you either. We've all messed up. There are probably a lot of things that people could say against you. I think about my own life. I know I fail a lot as a dad. Sometimes I don't say what I should to my kids. Sometimes I go back on my words and it frustrates them. Sometimes I'm not perfect or I'm not a good husband to my wife. 
my health isn't great. So sometimes I make bad decisions and I just further complicate them. Just a few days ago, I made a major blunder with my daughter and I didn't feel like taking her somewhere, even though I promised her I would. And I just, and I know it hurt her. It was just due to my own fault. And I messed up my promise. There's a third element to his promotions. His public commitment to God made him stand out. You see, Daniel's very open. He's very public about his faith, about his love for God, about his commitment. He prays in the open. He talks about God in the open. Verse 5 of chapter 6 says, Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So the satraps think up a trap for Daniel. Verse 6. So these administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. Oh, here it comes. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty issued the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius puts the decree in writing. Now, the law of the Medes and Persians is very famous in history, and it's like this. If a king makes a law, it couldn't be reversed, couldn't be changed. Even the king couldn't change it. If he'd sign it into law, according to the law of Moses, or the law, not the law of Moses, the law of the Medes and Persians, once it was law... It could not be rescinded, could not be revoked, could not be repealed. The king couldn't even do it himself, even if he made it into the law. That's why they said, don't just make it an edict, make it a law, write it and sign it. What are they doing? They're kissing up to the guy's ego. And in a moment of weakness and ego, Darian's like, sure, why not? It sounds cool. You know, everyone praying to me, that's pretty awesome. It gives me a little ego trip. Everybody has to pray for me for the next 30 days. Yeah, I'm the head man. Head cheese. These guys are so desperate to get rid of Daniel that they pass a national law just to hurt one guy. I mean, think about it. That's dedication. Let's manipulate millions of people to target one guy. That's a government official back then. Not much different for now. It's just ruthless. There's only one guy they're worried about. This one guy, because everybody knows Daniel is a believer and he prays in the open and he talks about God in the open. How do you think Daniel responded to the test? Everybody's got to stop praying to anybody else. You got to pray to the emperor for 30 days. Now, Daniel has a lot of options here. Think about it. Let's go over them. Let's see. Option number one. He could just accept the law and kind of fake pray to the king. Not really pray, just kind of fake his way through it. He wouldn't obviously be praying to him, but he could pretend. He could just go, okay, I'm just going to go with the flow. It's the law of the land. I'm just going to go ahead and fake it. It's an option. Here's the second option. He could publicly protest the law. He could go down to the palace with a big sign and say, hey, no, I won't pray. I won't pray. <laughs> That's a possibility. It's nothing to do any, it's not going to do any good because the law of the Medes and the Persians, this isn't a democracy. It's not like America where laws can be changed and you can protest and you can change the laws. It's not a democracy. There's no way this law is going to be rescinded no matter how much he protests. So here's the third option. He could appeal privately to the king. Hmm. Obviously, Darius likes him. He promoted him to third in command. And if he says, hey, king, you know, 
could just go backdoor channel and say, cut me some slack here. You know, I'm Jewish and, you know, I believe in true God and I can't do this. Why don't you just cut some corners with me and let me do this? He could even ask for an assignment away from the city for this duration. So he wouldn't have to deal with it. The king probably would have given it to him. He could appeal privately. I mean, the king liked him a lot. Again, even the king couldn't reverse, reverse the law. Here's another possibility. He could just stop praying to God for 30 days. Not pray to the emperor, but just stop praying to God for 30 days. That's an option. Not a good one, but it's still an option. Number five, he could keep praying to God, the real God, just do it in secret. Some of you, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the law says you can't do it. But you can break the law. Just keep praying, praying in secret. Although Daniel could do this, if he did, his enemies just won what they wanted because they wanted to embarrass him. They wanted him to back down off his faith. He was the kind of guy who prayed in public. He prayed before meals. Do you do that? Do you pray in public? Are you afraid to pray at a meal before a restaurant? What will other people think? Maybe they'll think I'm a fanatic. I'll pray in secret. But I'm not going to pray when I go to the steakhouse or when I go to some other restaurant. I'm just going to be afraid of what other people think. He could have done that. But if he did, those eyes would have, the guys would have won. Because they're trying to get him to back down, to cave in, to be ashamed of his God, and to be corrupt just like them. Then they could hold things over him. Then they could force him to resign. The sixth option, which is keep praying in public as he's done all his life. In other words, it was his habit. It was his custom. He's done it for 67 years. Which of these six options would you choose if you were Daniel? The easiest one? The convenient one? Or the one that in all likelihood would throw you into a pit with a bunch of lions. I think the big question of this text is, how far are you willing to go for your faith? And if you are honest with yourself, seriously, if I put myself into Daniel's shoes, you know what I would have? I would have gone to him privately and asked to be put out the city for 30 days. That's what I would have done. Is it what Daniel did? No. It's what I, if I'm looking at it in all honesty, that's what I would have done. I would have been able to skirt around it for 30 days, told the king, the king, I said, I can't be here or else you're going to throw me in the lion's den because I have to pray three times a day. And this is what I've done for 67 years. You want me, this is what you get. And Darius would have been like, man, I never thought about that, Daniel. And he would have let him go. He would have let me go. You know, I wouldn't have made the right decision. A lot of times we think we're better than we are. How far are you willing to go for your faith? We know what God has done for us, how he gives us hope when there was none by sending Jesus to die on a cross for our salvation to forgive us our sins. He gave us hope in a hopeless situation. He never abandoned us no matter what we do or what we've done because his love is based on who he is, not on what we've done. We are his children, not because of anything we do. He always stands by us. So will we stand by him? So when I made that, when I, I, I can tell you, I make that decision. I'm, I, I believe I'm still standing by God. I'm just not strong enough. We think of ourselves more highly than we are. And if we are truly honest and we look at ourselves in the mirror, sometimes we don't like our reflection because maybe we're not as holy as we think we are. Maybe we're not as devoted to God as we think we are. But you know what? That's okay because we're just sinners saved by grace. And so I can go and say, God, you know what? I'm going to fail this. I'm sorry. And you know what? He's already forgiven me. He's already given me way out. He already loves me. 
I don't lose anything. And the more I recognize his love, the more I'm going to want to stand by him. See, it's one thing to stand strong for God at church, but will you stand strong for God at the website? Will you stand strong for God at the job site? Will you stand strong for God at the school, in the community, the golf course, the ball game, the restaurant? Will you stand strong for God in public? You see, anybody can be a secret disciple, a secret agent Christian. What did Daniel do? Verse 10. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knee and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. This is exactly what the enemies want him to do. Daniel's enemies go together to Daniel's house, catch him praying and asking God for help. The satraps have caught him in a trap. Now my question is, why is Daniel unafraid to do this? He knows the law can't be changed. He knows that it says if you pray in public, no... To any God besides the emperor, you're going to be thrown into the pit with a bunch of hungry lions. Why isn't he scared? Why is he unafraid to stand out? Why is he unafraid to speak up to God at work? Well, we'll answer that in the next pod. We run out of time. I hope this pod encourages you to realize that, you know what? Even though we may not make the right call, we can still ask God for forgiveness and he'll do it. Because his love is not based on what we do. So I hope that encourages you this week. And next week, we'll find out why he was so unafraid.